My mouse just doesn't want to say his name. Like, it just... Blech. It's a weird name. Zach Braff. Hello, and welcome to Horsemen Aloud, arguably one of the best Australian Bojack Horseman podcasts. I'm Jem DeSalis. And I'm Paige Winkle. And today we watched Season 6, Episode 15, The View from Halfway Down. Yeah. Which is the penultimate episode of the series, I guess. Yeah. And it feels like... (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be somewhat hard to talk about, I imagine, both because it's rough... And because, like many dream sequence or drug trip episodes, there's a lot of weird shit going on that's kind of hard to describe. Yeah, so yeah. Fucking watch the episode, guys. Do your due diligence. <laughs> uh, reminder that we do have a Red Bubble store. Link in the show notes. Don't know if anyone's ordered anything yet. I haven't yet. A mask with the horse that allowed on it. Okay. Do you want to get into the episode? Yeah. We'll do it like a band aid. We'll just rip it off. Sure. <laughs> this episode starts with Bojack um, arriving at his mother's house with Sarah Lynn, who is child Sarah Lynn. What you got there? I think it's a hydrangea. Does she even like that kind of plant? Probably not. She doesn't like anything. Hello, Bojack. His mother's in, like, her ball gown that we've seen her in, in flashback episodes. Bojack is um, wearing his current outfit, or, like, the outfit that he wore as a teacher. Yeah, it's a good pickup. Someone pointed out on Reddit that everyone in this episode is dressed the way they were dressed at the happiest point in life. So Bojack mm. is dressed the way he dressed when he was a teacher. Although, I don't know. We don't need to read that much into Bojack because he is also just current. Bojack. Secretariat's wearing his running gear. Herb is wearing, like, the clothes he wore post- Horsten around, but pre-cancer. Beatrice is wearing her debutante gown. Crackerjack is dressed the way he was when he was about to go off to war. And Sarah Lynn, the person pointed out that Sarah Lynn changes her outfit and what age she is several times in the episode, and that that might be indicative of her not really having a happiest point in her life. Which is, like, really sad. And also pointing out that unlike everyone else in this episode, Bojack brought Sarah into the house oh and yeah the symbolism of that is pretty rough as well given everything yeah wow that's dark bojack gives his mom a plant thanks for having me mom you're the guest of honor for you <gasps> oh a plant dirt for inside goody <sighs> i know that's meant to indicate that beatrice is like a a cold, loveless person, but that is legit why I don't really like houseplants. <laughs> like, I have lots of fake houseplants in my room because I like the illusion of verdance, but, like, I have tried to have plants before and I just don't like soil. Love plants. Yeah. I even like gardening, just all the bits of gardening that don't involve soil. I like pruning. I'm a real pruner. <laughs> yeah. I, I agree. <laughs> I have a cat and she mm. likes digging in the dirt. Of pot plants. Yeah, so it comes up during specific points, but um, I just thought I mentioned there's like this black gooey stuff falling from the ceiling. Yeah, the 
the driplets. I've been thinking a lot about why it's specifically black. The kind of liquid void behind the door later in the episode is like black and it's a similar substance. And like obviously it's symbolic of the fact that he's like drowning mm. and it's like water dripping in. But it also makes me think about Charlotte telling him Los Angeles is a tar pit. Oh, like yeah. it, it does look a lot like tar. Like, it's kind of, it seems a little more viscous than water. Yeah, definitely. It is like tar. Mm. So then we get the usual credits, um, and then we meet the rest of the household that you've gone through, but they're all um, chasing around a red red bird, trying to get it out of the house. You got here just in time, Bojack. A bird flew in through the window, and we're having trouble getting her out of the house. This episode has a lot of symbolism in it that's pretty obvious but it also has a lot of symbolism in it that's pretty opaque to the point that like boy is there a lot of conjecture about who the fuck this bird is if anyone there are people wondering like could this be the baby bird in that one cutaway in season one where it left the nest too early and he's comforting the mother like probably not because it's a different kind of bird and like that wasn't really an event in Bojack's life so much as a single joke there's a lot about how traditionally a bird flying into a house is a bad omen that someone's gonna die there's talk about an episode of the leftovers where someone has a similar kind of near-death experience to this where they're in a hotel and there is a bird flying around and everyone is trying to get it out of the house and at the end they like crush it and kill it and like it's like there's thoughts that like the bird escaping the house is meant to be symbolic that bojack doesn't actually die here but like there's like the the bit where the bird goes creepy and like multiple faces are peeling off it yeah lucky comfortable Reddit user said, I think the bird is a reference to this 7th century quote that life is like a sparrow flying in the winter night through a house where there's a dinner party. And it's a quote mm-hmm. from St. Bede. The, the, I don't want to read okay. the whole thing. I, um, I did less research than you. I, I googled Red Bird Death. <laughs> <laughs> My favourite album. <laughs> and it's brought up a heap of references to cardinals. They apparently appear in your yard when uh, a visitor from heaven is among you. Hmm. So I don't know. I think that people use birds to symbolize like the soul a lot mostly just because of like flight I yeah think. um also though she's not a cardinal i don't think no she's not either because cardinals aren't just red they have a really specific weird little haircut that this bird doesn't have and like the fact that there are so many people wondering about it and no one's going oh aha it's this like i, I think it's a lot of things at once mm. crucially she's not meant to be a specific character we've met before unlike everyone else in this yeah scenario i do it's not really brought up but i do want to mention that um zach braff's presence there isn't that weird because he did get eaten yeah yeah he is so he is dead in in the bojack universe yeah but they don't really call back to that it's just he's just there (laughs) yeah and he's he's playing the part of the butler Mm. so he's kind of separate from these other people who are dinner guests yeah. yeah. Which is very interesting. He doesn't really add much. No. I guess they wanted a butler. He provides some comedy. Phone for you, Mrs. Horson. <laughs> Thank you, butler. Is that Zach Braff? Who? Zach Braff. Actor, independent filmmaker, real-life friend of Donald Faison. You mean my butler. At your service. I actually was friends with Donald in real life. He's a spectacular man. Butler! Sorry! Phone call for you? I'll take it in the kitchen. I guess. 
Earlier in season six, Bojack references a dream about a, a recurring dream about a dinner party to Dr. Champ. Oh, wow. Which is probably this one. Like, he makes mention about how this is a dream that he actually has a lot. Yeah. And he never gets to see the show. Yeah. Um, I'm jumping ahead. Yeah. So, Beatrix gets a call from the kitchen. So, she goes to answer that. And we don't know who she's talking to. Herb and Bojack kind of, they make some jokes together. BJ finally made it to a little soiree. Huh? Yeah, I kept having this dream where I was having dinner with all the people who were gone and I thought I should do that so here I am it's kind of him going around and, and talking to everybody who's there hello Cracker Jack that's what it says on my underpants the uncle I never met and yet could never live up to I did have a question that I should have researched is this all the people you know that have died in Bojack um I don't know I'm trying to think if anyone else he knows has died yeah it might be everyone. Like, his grandparents aren't there. We know they're dead. They're not really part of the story. And if you ask me to list everybody who died on the show, I don't think I would list Corduroy. But I like that he's there. Probably did hit him pretty hard. Yeah. Even though it never comes up again. Did his grandparents die within his lifetime? I mean, Cracker Jack didn't die within his lifetime. Yeah. I don't know. We can talk later about Cracker Jack. But uh, I'm literally scrolling through list of... Um, <laughs> Bojack Horseman characters. <laughs> yeah, I think that everyone else is pretty much alive. I mean, there are the like the dead whales from that oh, one yeah. episode, but like he didn't, like he wasn't really involved. Like he didn't know them before they died. Yeah. <laughs> Jogging baboon. Jogging baboon is an unnamed white baboon that is often seen jogging by Bojack Horseman's house. <laughs> I don't know, we haven't seen Wanda in a while, maybe she died off screen. <laughs> Holy shit, I'd never actually thought about it, but is Bojack kind of a little bit named after Cracker Jack? Oh, maybe, yeah. Like, they both have Jack in their names. Yeah. And like, yeah, obviously Beatrice cared a lot about Cracker Jack. Yeah, that's interesting. Corduroy and Bojack catch up. Good, good to... Still with it out? Because the last time you saw me, I was naked, hanging from an iPhone charger, holding a lemon with a very erect penis, despite being deceased in my trailer for over an hour. Yep. You're going to have to get over that, buddy. Uh, yeah. Corduroy is trying to set up situations where he can be choked again. Yeah. Dark. Then Cracker Jack gives Bojack the, like, poker from the fireplace, and he's trying to chase the bird out while the horsing around music plays. Think this will help? Kid's got the right idea. We can chuck the choker and spook her with this poker. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Get it to the kitchen. There are a lot of kind of fades between scenes that could have just been cuts or could have even just been pans like like there, there are some bits where characters like walk to another area of the room and the whole room like does a fade transition over to them instead of just showing them walking over which i think is interesting yeah and like also lots of things kind of stretch weirdly and like the the architecture of some of the rooms is kind of bizarre the angles are wrong and things mm. like that like there there's a lot of interesting subtle visual stuff in this yeah it's really yeah intense so crackerjack is voiced by lynn manuel miranda again mm -hmm. and like obviously they're gonna use any excuse to get lynn back but it it does to me like call into question whether this is just bojack's brain freaking out or if we're meant to take things we learn about characters in this episode as canonically true because he wouldn't know what crackerjack's voice sounded like yeah and yeah that's a really good point so, like, 
did Crackerjack really mostly only kill through friendly fire? Like, th- things like that. Like, mm. new information that we get, are we meant to take that as true? And, like, I think there are a couple of layers going on about what's diegetic and what's not. It's like when you see a flashback. Yeah, it's a, it might be a true flashback, but we're also seeing it in third person. Like, we are seeing things about a character's memory that they couldn't possibly know because we're seeing things that happen behind them. I think that there's a similar thing going on here where, like, yes, this is Bojack having a big hallucination or a dream, but I think that there are things going on here that, like, we as viewers can take as closure Mm. about some of the characters we see. Yeah, the bird kind of gets pushed back into the kitchen and then she flies out the window in the kitchen or she, like, wriggles out of it. Yes, Bojack bullied a bird. Bully for him. My husband is running late, so we're going to start dinner without him. He'll be here before the show starts, won't he? He'd better be. Let's adjourn to the dining room before our dinners get as cold as my parenting style. Pretty funny given that, like, almost none of them are eating hot food. (laughs) Oh, really? I hadn't noticed that. Did you not notice the things that they're eating? Because there is a lot going on there. Oh, okay. I noticed Sarah Lynn was eating, um, chips. So Sarah Lynn is eating, like... A burger and fries, like McDonald's, Burger King sort of thing. And, like, to me, that's one of the, like, least specifically symbolic things. Like, I I don't think that, I don't know, other other than just kind of unhealthy consumerism metaphors. But Bojack has served a heaping pile of pills and a water bottle that presumably has vodka in it. Um, Cracker Jack is eating a military ration of beans and drinking from an army canteen. Mm. Herb just has a heaping bowl of peanuts, which he is allergic to and which is what actually killed him. Like, they kind of ignore that for this episode because I, I think that, like, we're meant to think of him as having died from cancer even though he was actually in remission and then crashed his car into a truck full of peanuts. Oh, yeah, I'd forgotten that. Um, and Corduroy is eating, like, just a lemon that he's slicing up with a knife and fork. And the, uh, the lemon is um what he was biting into when he did his autoerotic asphyxiation thing to, like, shock him back to life. Okay. And he also has one of those, like, smoothie bottles, which I guess is just because he's kind of, you know, bougie. Um, and Beatrice <laughs> is eating, like, a segmented dish of different foods that, that looks to me like it's meant to be a, either a hospital or a nursing home tray of food. Yeah. The chair that Bojack is sitting in at the head of the table, it looks a lot like he's lying in a coffin. Like, the way, the shape of it and the padding. Yeah, it does. So, are they all eating things that they last came into contact with before they died? The only reason I'm not sure is that I don't know about Sarah Lynn. Yeah. You'd you'd think if they were going for that, she would just be eating, like, a big pile of heroin. (laughs) Actually, yeah, I think that right before they go to the planetarium, when they're in that, like, dingy motel room on the bender, I think that we might see her eating, like, fast fast food. food. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's a last meal thing, but, like, not even really last meal, just, like, last consumable item. Yeah. (laughs) Because, like, the lemon, like, almost none of these were things that they, like ate for food yeah no pills aren't food also we don't i don't think herb ate the peanuts he crashed into (laughs) yeah and like the the lemon you bite into it but it's not like a fun nutritious meal yeah yeah so sarah lynn's telling a story about fame and bojack like really notices the ceiling leak You only get to give your first autograph once, you know? The second time, it becomes an obligation. The third time, a chore. But the first time, it's... The first time... 
What is that? Cracker Jack talks about the process of enlisting. Oh, are you ready to sing the lollipop song in the big show later? No, Mom. You know I never make it to the show. I didn't know then that enlisting would lead to my two worst parts. You have two? I don't know we could pick two. Corduroy, it's a conversation. When the first time you watch this episode, it is meant to be a kind of creeping realization mm. of what's going on. Because it's not like at the end of the episode before Bojack goes swimming. He mentions swimming, but then he just watches horsing around. And yeah, we're sort of, throughout this episode, we're putting together, like when he mentions going swimming earlier and the dripping and the fact that his water tastes like chlorine, it's a while before we actually like see, you know, the pool with him floating in it as part of the architecture. Yeah. So yeah, it is just a dream at the moment. And like the creeping dread about the dripping is something that we as viewers and Bojack as the main character are both experiencing at the same time. Mm. Good fucking show. <laughs> Yeah, everybody's kind of taking turns sharing the the best and the worst part of their life. What about you? Well, I guess my worst part has to be um, right before I got here, I think, uh, I went to Angela Diaz's house. (coughs) Does anyone else's water taste like chlorine? And the subject of sacrifice comes up, and that kind of turns the conversation towards, well, what truly is sacrifice we internalize this idea that being happy is a selfish act but sacrifice doesn't mean anything yes it does sacrifice in the service of something greater maybe but just in and of itself what's the good in that a lot sacrifice is good it has to be because i sacrificed a ton and i was freaking awesome oh and what did you ever sacrifice i gave everything I gave my whole life. You died in a hedonistic bender. I'm not talking about my death. I'm talking about my life. I gave my whole life. Um, Sarah Lynn lists all the things that she gave up or went through to make her fans happy. And Corduroy is like, well, you can't really compare Sarah Lynn's experience to Cracker Jack. Your husband just pulled up, ma'am. Wait, Dad's here? He's never made it to dinner before. Bojack's dad arrives, but it's not Butterscotch, it's Secretariat. Sorry I'm late. Did I miss the show? Hey, hey, dad! Ah, uh, you didn't miss a thing. It's not like we have anywhere to be. I already apologized. I was running. Still voiced by Will Arnett doing his Butterscotch voice, though. Yeah. I was going to ask, did Will Arnett voice Secretariat? But I don't know if we heard him talk. Oh, yeah, we did, because they watched the interview. Yeah, we had a voice. Yeah. I kind of wonder if they did this solely because Bojack looks too much like his dad now and it would have been confusing. (laughs) I mean, obviously, like, given that problem and they were like, we'll make him someone else, making him Secretariat is genius because Bojack idolized Secretariat. His, His life ended in scandal. And his career ended in scandal in much the same way as Bojack's kind of did. Mm. And then he killed himself. Whether or not he's deliberately drowning himself, Bojack is in a similar position here. Despite the fact that obviously Bojack never met Secretariat, Mm. I think that making Secretariat his dad was a really, really good choice here. I reckon they wouldn't have thought to do it if they hadn't had that problem of him looking too much like Butterscotch. I, uh, yeah, I think there's there's more to talk about with Secretariat than there is his father. Like, his father's death was just like a phone call, I think. So, I don't know. It, yeah, it, it, it might have been done for that reason. But I think it was a good decision either way. It just makes yeah. sense. And it's much more compelling. It adds, like, confusion to what's going on. It's like, well, 
we know that's not his dad. Yeah, it was an interesting move, and especially because he's introduced later, like we're all kind of waiting for Butterscotch to show up. Mm. What'd I miss? We're playing best part, worst part. Ooh, I got one. Machu Picchu. When I left Horson around, I honestly thought about killing myself. Shit, Herb, really? Yeah, but the Knicks were having a good season, and I wanted to see what happened. Wait, you didn't kill yourself because the Knicks were having a good season? Oh, for the love of... Where's your follow-through? It's like you didn't even want to kill yourself. And I'm so glad I didn't, because there I was, ten years later, at Machu Picchu, and I realized there was so much more I could do in a life. Oh, I kind of liked that. Yeah. Like, there are obviously lots of grand moral reasons... And social reasons to not commit suicide, but like the fact that there are like pretty frivolous, mundane things that make life a little bit still worth living, I think is important to acknowledge. Hmm. Yeah, I liked it. It's like when you're going through like dark times, find something to grab onto. Hmm. It, like it doesn't matter how, I don't know, I don't want to use the word frivolous, but you know, how much it, it doesn't affect your life. If it's yeah. something important to you, like, yeah, grab it. Sagittarius says the best part of his life was jumping off the bridge. Best part, jumping off that bridge. It was my choice. <laughs> I got to go on my own terms. Not a lot of people can say that. No. That's true. The view from up there. Ah, you wouldn't believe it. Which is interesting from the poem he reads later. It is interesting. I, I kind of wonder if it was that, like... As he was doing it, he felt like all this like noble like closure kind of feeling like he felt like a martyr, and then like as he was on his way down, he started to freak out. Like that—that's kind of what the poem indicates as well. Yeah. That like the jumping was good, but the falling was bad. Hmm. Um. Yeah. So then Bojack coughs up some black goo. <laughs> <laughs> Must have been from swimming earlier. Oh, are you swimming? <laughs> yeah, I, um, <clears throat> when was I swimming? Don't think about that. And Bojack says that his best part was either teaching or the time that he spent with Herb before things went bad. I had this one student who was really struggling, just couldn't get over this hump. And what? You helped him do good in a scene for your class? That's the best part of your whole life. It felt good to help someone do something. See, helping someone, like I said. It reminded me of when I was young, just starting out. You and me, screwing around, hitting up open mics, trying to figure it out. I think, I think that was the best part. Really? I wonder which student he was talking about. No. I like to think it was the woman that he like yelled at for coming to Alcoholics Anonymous. <laughs> there was some like off-screen bit where he like actually mentored her and was nice. Yeah, I hope it was her as well. Well, are we ready to start the show? Oh, Let's do this! Okay, nice seeing you all. You're not coming? Oh, this is always the part where I wake up. Oh, okay. Next time then. And then he's like slowly realizing that he's, he's not waking up. Mm. And the door opens and he can see in. And Herb's kind of like the MC. Hello, everyone. Please take your seats. Tonight's show is in honor of Bojack Horseman. What do you say, huh? Shall we get this show started? Yeah. Herb appears to be wearing Mr. Peanut Butter's suit that he wore on his show. <gasps> really? Yeah, it's that pink suit with like the 
star twinkles all over it. Oh yeah, but just in Herb's colours. Mr. Peanut Buzz is definitely more pink. But I do think that it's meant to be the same kind of suit. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. I do like that Herb is wearing the um a waistcoat and bow tie that matches his like flannel shirt at the dinner party, I think. Yeah. Exactly. Or his um checked blazer or whatever he's wearing, his jacket. Yeah, he has like a waistcoat and bow tie version of that pattern. Tonight's opener needs no introduction, but I'm gonna give it one anyway. Ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only Sarah Lynn! I'd like to dedicate tonight's performance to the man of the hour, Bojack Horseman! Sarah Lynn, I'm so sorry for everything that happened with you, with us. I should have protected you. Ah, 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 Bojack, this is my time. Yes, of course, sorry. Life is a never-ending show, old sport. Accept the minor detail that it ends. It's interesting that Bojack has this sudden moment of clarity, like he stops treating it like a dream and suddenly starts apologising to Sarah Lynn. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I think now that he's, like, gone past his usual points, he's like, oh no, this is Mm. real. And I wonder if previously he was like, oh, these are the versions of these people in my dream that I have. And now with going to the show, he's like, oh, shit, maybe these are Ghosts. the actual people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Sarah Lynn sings a, a song that I quite like um, about life. There's a lot going on visually during the song. Like, she she starts out just playing at a piano. There's a bit where the legs of the piano and the stool that she's sitting on grow really long and spindly and raise her up really high Mm. and then she rides one of the legs back down like a stripper pole to do the more poppy version of her song and i think that's meant to be like her kind of like the public perception of her as a celebrity you know everyone adored her and then like a lot of people perceived her as like lowering herself by like becoming a more sexualized performer yeah there's a lot of like things reminiscent of the prickly muffin music video i think it is Mm -hmm. um like a lot of the like space and like planetarium things but the lyrics of the song are also really interesting one bit that is like during the poppier version so it took me a couple of listens to actually pass the word she says but she says shows are a never-ending life of course a silhouette that stays when you are gone what use is the struggle and the strife, old horse? End it and your legacy lives on. Ooh. Shows are a never-ending life, of course. A silhouette that stays when you are gone. What use is the struggle and the strife, old horse? End it and your legacy lives on. It's really interesting because the whole reason why Bojack is in this dire situation is that his legacy was finally kind of destroyed. Mm. He's no longer part of horsing around. The public hates him. He's no longer even sober. Like, basically everything that he was holding on to as, like, a good part of his legacy has sort of been ruined. It's too late for him to die a hero and avoid seeing himself become the villain, to quote The Dark Knight by Christopher (laughs) Nolan. At the end, when she says... A song you taught me when I was small, don't stop dancing. There was that one conversation where Bojack took child Sarah Lynn aside and said, give this everything you have, even if it kills you. Mm. Never stop. And like, that is one of the things that 
doesn't really get credit for it in universe, but it's kind of the the like the kernel in the middle of everything that went wrong with Sarah Lynn. The way that people when she was growing up, like her mother and Bojack, pushed her to give everything to her career and everything to her audience and everything to the public. She sacrificed so much of herself and then the public turned on her and she just ended up kind of lost. Yeah, I think it's interesting that you say Bojack and her mother. I don't know why, but like it popped into my head. They both have different reasons that they did that. Mm. Her mother did that for fame and money for her to acquire it through Sarah Lynn. Whereas Bojack, I think, thought it was not the right way to right thing to do but what am I looking for like just just good he thought it would be good for her she would enjoy that from life mm. it's rough it's a good song though yeah mm. the crowd departs a needle drops the music starts a song you taught me when I was small don't stop dancing don't stop dancing. <gasps> Sarah Lynn? The bop. So then she drops through the door that's on stage. That's just like darkness. Yep. So Bojack is like panicking, like where did she go? Where does that door lead to? What, what's happening? What's going on? Sarah Lynn? Sarah Lynn. Okay, performing an interpretive aerial routine. Corduroy Jackson Jackson! Where did Sarah Lynn go? Shh. Try to enjoy the show. Hoo! Ha! Where does this door go? Oh, sit down, buddy. You'll get your turn. No, I need you to tell me. Watch out! What? Uh, uh. Um, and Corduroy does his show, which is, I don't know what the name is for it, but Pink does it. <laughs> Do you know what it's called? The what? hanging from strips thing? Yeah. I don't have it in front of me, but it's either tissue or aerial silks or there there are just aerial straps as well. Okay. Like, do they just look like straps or is it like bits of fabric? Uh, straps, I think. But maybe it's not. Yeah, aerial does. straps, I think. Okay, cool. Yeah, so he does like a couple of poses. One of them is where he's like hanging and then he falls into the door. This is pretty short compared to Sarah Lynn's. So his Secretariat seeing this like is like, hey, come on, Bojack, let's go outside and have a smoke. And Secretariat's really angry with Herb. The nerve of that guy. What, he says he's at peace? Because why, Machu Picchu? I don't buy it. Every single person in that room would go back if we could. Peace? That's someone trying to convince himself of something. That if you check the right boxes and do the dance, then you get a little parting gift at the end. I did none of that shit. And yet here I am, same as them. I know this part is confusing because I'm Secretariat and also your dad for some reason, but speaking as your dad, it's important that you know that I cared about you, about your mother. I wanted you to respect me. I wanted you to love me. I was so afraid that you would know that. I cared so much. Um, and then Bojack comments to Secretariat about how far he's gotten in this dream. And Secretariat's like, you still aren't getting it, are you? And points down and Bojack can see himself in his old pool lying face down. The fact that all of this is happening while Bojack is in the pool, like the fact that he actually has this near-death experience in the pool almost makes the fact that looking at Bojack's balcony in the opening, there's no space for his pool to exist, almost makes that like retroactively symbolic. 
<laughs> instead of just being a fuck up by the animation. Yeah. It's like, whoa, it's this like liminal void space. There's no pool if you think about it. <laughs> He's between worlds. Yeah. Given the opening credits, did they always know that was where that was going to go or what did it just line up? I don't know. Like there there have always been really strong drowning metaphors mm. in Bojack. So yeah, I feel like it's not necessarily that they were planning for this to happen but if they were gonna have him nearly die it makes a lot of sense that they would make it be a drowning in his pool thing um so then we go back into the show zach braff gives a speech and then he he does this like roller dance thing doesn't want to go he's like i've got so much left to do and he just has all these like pun things to say and he's basically pushed through the door by bojack i never got to license the zach braff short stack breakfast attack at shake shack cash strap hash brown fans who hashtag Exact snacks get cash back fast with the Braff Bucks. Ah! So Bojack starts panicking more, and then the memories of what he was doing before the dream started start coming back to him. I was I was watching the Horse and Around Blu-ray. Yes, yes, and I drank some more, and I found some pills, and then I went swimming. No, 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 wait, wait, I got out of the pool. Yes, and I called Diane. Bojack, we're trying to do a show here. But I called Diane. I couldn't have drowned if I got out of the pool to call Diane, so I shouldn't be here. I could, if I could just finish the conversation, where's the phone? <laughs> um, so then it's Secretariat's turn. He gets up and he reads a poem, The View from Halfway Down. The weak breeze whispers nothing. The water screams sublime. His feet shift, teeter-totter. Deep breath, stand back, it's time. Toes untouch the overpass. Soon he's waterbound. Eyes locked shut but peek to see. The view from halfway down. Um, and as he's reading it, he gets more and more stressed. You're flying now. You see things much more clear than from the ground. It's all okay. It would be. Were you not now halfway down? Thrash to break from gravity. What now could slow the drop? All I'd give for toes to touch the safety back at top. But this is it. The deed is done. Silence drowns the sound. Before I leaped, I should have seen the view from halfway down. No, I really should have thought about the view from halfway down. Find your peace, big guy. Find it. I wish I could have known about the view from halfway down. Imagine writing an original poem for your TV show and then naming the episode after that poem. Is it an original poem? Pretty sure. Huh. I just, because it was so good, I thought it was, um, you know, inspiration for the episode rather than... I, I saw a couple of people saying that on Reddit as well, and I don't understand why anyone <laughs> is surprised that a, a team of professional writers can also write a poem <laughs> like <laughs> that's their job <laughs> poetry's not hard people just pretend it is <laughs> okay i i used to have to do like songwriting and poetry writing and stuff in music class and i i don't get it my, my brain can't do it doesn't make sense to me i was joking like it is it is definitely difficult and this is definitely like a good poem from a technical writing point of view, but like they're all professional writers. <laughs> yeah, it makes sense why it's so impactful now and the way it hits because it was written for this episode. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's interesting because when the song first started, like the first time I watched it, I was like, oh, this must be, you know, like a already made song. But then as it went on, I was like, oh, no, they've, they've made it for the show. Like 
prickly muffin. Mm. Um, but yeah, with the poem, I didn't have that. I was like, it's good. It's very good. It must not have been written by the show. <laughs> I should give them more credit. Okay, so Secretariat gets stressed and the door ends up taking him. Mm, the way the door is like moving closer to him and he starts freaking out. Oh, yeah, but still reading the poem. Oh, they did it good. They did it good. Also, the fact that this is the, what the episode is named after is really interesting because like this is this is bojack with his view from halfway down like he is near death and despite all of his self-destructive stuff and his like suicidal ideation and his feelings that all is lost when he realizes that he's actually going to die he freaks out and he pushes back mm. Bojack ends up on the stage. Where do you think you're going? Nothing you do in here matters, pal. Yelling and struggling isn't going to pull your body out of that pool. So you might as well just... Sit down! 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 But I... Look, BJ, it's possible that someone is going to find you and save you. And it's also possible that someone won't. Has anyone ever come back from this place? There is no place. It's just your brain going through what it feels like it has to go through. All you can do right now is sit back and enjoy the show. Then we get Beatrix and Cracker Jack doing their thing. Beatrix does the ribbon dance and Cracker Jack plays the trumpet. And I think the this one is like kind of horrible. <laughs> I don't know, like the way the door takes them. Like the mm. others, are they're, they're jumping in themselves or they're walking through themselves. Like Secretariat gets sucked in. But the way the goo comes up to get Beatrix and like wraps around her and she disappears and then she's pulled in. I yeah. don't know, but that really like... Oh. This this brings me to why I think Cracker Jack is there at all, because Bojack didn't know him. Like, you could have left him out. Mm. But Cracker Jack is crucial to why Beatrice ended up the way she did. Like, yeah. his death was one of her formative traumas. So the imagery of him going through the door first, but his tether to Beatrice pulls her through as well mm. it's not like crackerjack's death led to her death in any meaningful way but she was thinking about him a lot when she was in her final days and crackerjack's death was also in some way the death of her innocence yeah the, the way beatrice treated bojack was also like a lot of it was due to her idolizing crackerjack and her bitterness that he was gone mm. yeah this idea that Bojack could never live up to Crackerjack's memory hasn't really been that present in the series until now, but it makes sense as mm. a motivation. Yeah, it does. I think that Crackerjack's presence is actually one of the things that's there more for the audience than in-universe for Bojack. Like, we're being shown something really core about the relationship between Bojack and his mother. Yeah. Plus Lin-Manuel Miranda. <laughs> Of Mabimbam fame. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there is also a moment where Bojack's freaking out on stage a little bit and Beatrice yells at him and she is old her when she's yelling at him. Like she's nursing home era Beatrice, which is interesting. Yeah, so now it's just Bojack and Herb and it's Bojack's turn. Herb gives him an introduction. It's a rough one. Yeah. Please welcome to the stage. No. Please. The star of Horsin' Around and the BoJack Horseman Show, Filbert, Secretariat, the upcoming horny unicorn, son of Butterscotch and Beatrice, husband to no one, father to none that we know of, <laughs> stand-up comedian, actor, 
tripling alcoholic, a talented charmer, and a stupid piece of shit. It's Bojack Horseman! Yeah, so Bojack looks through the door, and Herb tells him it's not going to be that bad. Is it terrifying? No, I don't think so. It's the way it is, you know. Everything must come to an end. The drip finally stops. One interesting thing about this episode is it's short for a BoJack episode. It's only 26 minutes. Mm. And like when you account for like the opening and the credits and everything, it's like it's even shorter. Like often these kind of dream sequency episodes, like the the big episodes that you think of are often a bit longer than normal. Yeah. Yeah, this is actually like a surprisingly quick one and it doesn't feel like it either. And like I feel like they could have put in more conversations and and things but they they didn't. Which is good. I, th- I yeah. I think that that's kind of deliberate. Like I, I I think that this feeling that these characters who are finally getting closure on are like vanishing more quickly than we would expect from an episode like this is meant to kind of make us anxious. Yeah, it seems to go really quickly from the time that you realise Bojack is drowning. It just kind of steps up a notch. Especially because they spend so long talking in the dinner party and then once the show, like Sarah Lynn's one is fairly long but then she like disappears really quickly and we're like, oh, so this is what's happening. They're jumping through a void door. Yeah. And then all of the ones after that are super speedy. Like, people are just disappearing. Even in Secretariat's one, like, the poem's pretty long, but as he goes on, he get he talks faster. Yeah. And it kind of is, like, all leading to this big ending. Much like Bojack, we're kind of... We're getting through the dinner party thinking like, oh, this is interesting symbolism, interesting dream sequence. And then we realize what's going on and then suddenly things are happening way too quickly. Mm, yeah. Bloody good show. <laughs> yeah, so, so Herb starts to be taken by the the goo or the tar. And Bojack says, well, I'll see you on the other side. Oh, Bojack, no. There is no other side. This is it. <laughs> Like, it, it's interesting, too, because it's like this whole episode is basically like, you know, the people who are dead are getting close up. And then, so like, yeah, you get to say goodbye, but then surprise, there's no afterlife. It's just nothingness. You go out like a light. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's almost a twist. Yeah. That, like, yep. this isn't the door to another place. It's just the door. Yeah. Ugh. So Vertex does not go quietly. I need to make a phone call. Bojack runs from the black goo that's following him. It, like, scrooges out through the door, like the blob. Yeah. Um, so Bojack runs back through the dining room. Running and... along the dining table, which becomes endless. Yeah. Like, there are just endless place settings, which, I mean, yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, into the kitchen. There's one point where his path is blocked by flowers. Yeah, they're the flowers that he arrived with. So then he is back in, like, the lounge room. I don't know what it's actually called. The living room? The living room, that's better. The parlor. Yeah, you're right. Those are the same flowers that he arrived with. Huh. 
I'm gonna. I'm just gonna have a quick Google. I wonder why the flowers that he brought have just grown out of control. Yeah. So the internet thinks they're hydrangeas. It's interesting that he brings flowers at all, actually. Hydrangeas can mean heartlessness. Hmm. Oh, or somebody says they're hollyhocks, not hydrangeas. Oh, well, that's something. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think they're hollyhocks. Um, I'm looking at a picture of some hollyhocks and they look pretty similar. Okay. Hang on. Let me get back to the flowers again. Yeah, I think they are hollyhocks. Mm. It's like a specific type of hollyhock that has like this, yeah, kind of darkish pink with yellow in the center. Looks like it has the same number of petals, similar leaves. Interesting. They don't look anything like hydrangeas to me. Okay brings Beatrix some hollyhocks, which she turns down in disgust. Yeah. Hmm. And then the hollyhocks grow out of control and he can't face them? Like, Yeah, they're like blocking his exit from leaving. Yeah, that's very interesting. Or he's running towards them but can't get to them. Hmm. <laughs> Speaking of which, <laughs> the bird's like shutting the doors to the kitchen to stop the getting in and then she turns around and her eyes have gone white and her beak opens and like splits apart and there's more birds underneath <laughs> it is interesting though that the bird is kind of helping him yeah that kind of goes with the theory that like the bird is symbolizing like his soul trying to escape the house yeah if that's his soul the fact that endless identical layers of her are peeling off yeah as she advances forward is like ugh. <laughs> it's like you can try to change, but all that's under there is more you. Yeah. Yeah. And then he's fighting it. The door's open and it runs into the kitchen and yeah. as it's trying to escape out the window, the goo catches it. Yeah, she does get consumed by the tar. She doesn't make it back out the window. Yeah. But we know Bojack doesn't die in this episode. Yeah. So Bojack finds the a phone in the kitchen. With an infinitely long cord. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 um, and he talks to Diamond on the phone. Dane, you're going to save me, right? I called you and you, you're coming to get me? I live in Chicago. I can't save you. It went to voicemail. And then I went back in the pool. It's too late. What's done is done. No. There's nothing I can do, Bojack. I'm not real. None of this is. So what do I do now? Bojack, it doesn't matter. Well, if it doesn't matter, can I stay on the phone with you at least? Okay. How was your day? Good. Yeah? Yeah. My day was good. It makes me remember how in season one, in the very first, like, trippy, weird dream sequence episode, and I guess it's also the first, it, it's like episode 11, it's like the penultimate episode of the season. Mm. But he hallucinates Diane and she tells him it's never too late. But now, in the final one of that kind of episode, he hallucinates Diane again and she tells him it's too late. Yeah. <laughs> and then we hear that, that sound that signifies in hospital shows that somebody has died. But... It does then stabilize and becomes a stable heartbeat again. Oh, does it? <laughs> yeah, that's why I don't consider it a spoiler saying that he doesn't die in this episode, because to me the ending really strongly indicates that. Okay, yeah. Oh, that's good. Is it 
Yeah. So that's the episode. That's the episode. Boop, boop, boop. <laughs> <laughs> On a personal note, the first time I watched this, I was like, oh, yeah, that's, that's deep and meaningful and I'm sad for my friend Brojack. And then coming back around to watch it in, in between, um, a friend of mine died from an overdose. And this episode mm. hit me much harder. Yeah, no, and Anas, no, no, can't talk. <laughs> <laughs> so the same thing happened, not well, the same thing, but I saw the final episode of The Good Place after my friend had passed and I was like, that's nice. That's what I hope happened to my friend. Or is this, I'm like, fuck, that's horrible. I hope this didn't happen to yeah. my friend. <laughs> anyway, I guess that's why this is the sad horse show. Speaking as someone who continues to never have experienced the death of a loved one, I have no useful things to say. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if anybody has useful things to say about death. It's, it just sucks. Anyway, I didn't need to make this moment sadder, but I did. And I think that's a skill <laughs> that I should be applauded for. <laughs> Put that on your resume. <laughs> that's it. We got one more episode to do. Scary. Shall we murder a horse? Yeah. Feels less and less good saying that. <laughs> <laughs> you can email us at horseandaloud at gmail.com. Or you can tweet at us at horseandaloud. Is that it? Pod. Pod. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, it's the second last one. Surely I can do it from memory. Listen, we've never really used the Twitter, and if we were going to start now, that'd be kind of fucked. Yeah. Frankly, there's probably not much point even emailing us at this point. Like, we'll still get it. I'll still read the emails, but there will probably not be any episodes left for us to read them out on. Yeah. If you like the show, please rate or review it on iTunes, or just stick around for the finale. Ooh. By all means, spread the word about the show, but it's not like we're expecting it to, like, suddenly become a monetary venture in the last episode. <laughs> any any dreams of that died long ago. This is our penultimate episode. We hope it made you feel sad and pensive. <laughs> Next episode will be slightly more hopeful, I guess. Yeah. I'm Jam DeSalis. And I'm Paige Winkle. And until next time, suck, suck a dick, dick, dumb, dumb shit. hustle we recorded for a full hour longer than the episode is <laughs> <laughs>